Over 84 million Brazilians are connected to smartphones. Mobile telephony services have become Brazil's largest segment of information and communications technology, accounting for 43% of the sector's total gross revenue in the country. But that wasn't always the case. Less than 30 years ago, a landline was almost a luxury in Brazilian households. Families would wait for months in order to get one, and it was so expensive that you would declare it on your income tax as an asset, like a car or an apartment. What changed Brazil's telecom market so dramatically? Well, you've got privatizations to thank. The selling off of state-owned companies created competition in the sector and popularized telephones. But privatization remains a dirty word in Brazil. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. It is hardly news that Brazil's economy is still struggling. Analysts predict GDP growth to flatline, topping off what has essentially been a lost decade for the country's economy. To solve the issue, Economy Minister Paulo Guedes has a radical solution, a massive plan of privatizations getting rid of every asset owned by the federal government. And there are a lot of assets. Brazil has more state-run companies than any other Latin American country, a total of 418, of which 138 are federally owned. Still, a recent poll conducted by Ipsos showed that only 17% of Brazilians support the privatization plan. Privatization is associated with uh, increases in prices, decrease in quality of the services provided. This is Sandro Cabral head of the master's degree in public policies at Sao Paulo's Isper Business School. And uh, in the case of Latin America and other developing countries, uh, privatization process were uh, associated also with corruption, with patronage, with uh, privilege to certain entrepreneurial groups. So this is why privatization uh, around the globe had this uh, negative sign. Brazil witnessed its first wave of privatizations in the late 1980s. Then came the 1990s, which saw a concerted effort to diminish the government's presence in the economy. Well, at least in theory. In order to, to sell those assets, uh, governments around the globe, it's not on Brazil, they use sometimes the state-owned banks. In, in, the, in the Brazilian case, the, development bank, the Brazilian Development Bank, BNDES, was a leading actor in financing uh, these uh, new entrants in the Brazilian market. So we have this kind of uh, you have this kind of complaint that well privatization in Brazil was only allowed uh, by the participation of the state. Uh, we have a, a book of a, a colleague here, expert. Uh, Sergio Lazzarini, the name of this book is Capitalism of Ties. And he showed that after the privatization process in Brazil in the 90s, the presence of the state in the economy didn't decrease. Conversely, 
the presence of the state increased because uh, privatized companies have not only been there as a minority uh, shareholder, but also other uh, pension funds from public employees. In that sense, uh, the Brazilian uh, case is a civilized example of preeminence of the state, even in privatized industries. In many cases, such as with plane maker Embraer or mining giant Vale, the government still holds a so-called golden share, which gives it the power to veto any strategic moves by the company. We saw how that plays out in 2018 when Embraer announced a merger with American plane maker Boeing. For months, markets were unsure whether the deal would go through. Other investors are very uh, excited about this deal, but the Brazilian government will want to take a very close look at this, and they're really the shareholder who matters. And it might just be a little bit difficult for them to stomach a full takeover of one of their crown jewels. In the 2018 election, the two front-running candidates used the deal as a political platform. Jair Bolsonaro, the eventual winner, favored the merger, while left-leaning Fernando Haddad said the move was a threat to Brazil's sovereignty. Even if American private equity funds already own most of Embraer stocks. As many people have expected for a long time, it is finally uh, done between Boeing and the Brazilian aircraft, uh, aircraft company Embraer. It will not include business jets or executive jets, and it does not include the military side of the business from Embraer. That was a sticking point for a long time. That is separate from this joint venture between Boeing and Embraer. Almost every privatization is a hard-fought battle for the sitting government. And that's because, in order to privatize a public company, the government needs the support of 60% of Congress. And this is always a difficult thing to achieve, but it has proven particularly hard for the Jair Bolsonaro administration. O governo de Jair Bolsonaro sofreu a primeira derrota na Câmara. Derrota. Derrota. O governo saiu derrotado, né? It's going to be hard, for instance, to, to sell Petrobras because we have... Uh, the population may resist and politicians may also resist. Electrobras, which is the state-owned company in electricity, is going to be hard to be sold as well because the resistance in the political system. It will not be that easy to implement the agenda. The country would benefit if uh, we have more private investment, let's say, in the electricity sector. So Electrobras and uh, its subsidiaries can be good candidates to be sold. And even if many state-owned companies are ineffective or riddled with corruption, there are solid arguments against turning everything to private corporations. For instance, let's take Correios, Brazil's state-owned postal service. For years, the firm has amounted enormous losses and has been at the center of dozens of scandals. Still, it is hard to believe that private entities would care for delivering packages to remote areas at affordable prices. It is equally unlikely that private banks would do what Brazil's largest fully public bank, Caixa, does in the Amazon region, delivering banking services to Amazonian populations by sending tellers on boats to several isolated areas. But former finance minister Henrique Meirelles 
believes he knows how to make the system work without leaving a big chunk of the country left to its own devices. The idea is to force companies acquiring profitable state-run businesses to also provide other less profitable but equally important services. That's what he plans to do as São Paulo's State Secretary of Finance, where he wants to privatize the state's airports. Like, for instance, in the airports, you have a very attractive airport, together with less attractive airports in the same package. And the company uh, which wins the, the auction would have to be to commit itself managing and, and rendering the high-level service, not only for the profitable airport, but also for the not-so-profitable airports, which are in the same package. is the way out for this kind of problem. After the break, we'll talk about Brazil's crown jewel, Petrobras, Brazil's state-owned oil and gas company. Of every 100 spam messages sent in the world, five come from Brazil. And spam is not only annoying, it poses a real security threat for companies with their conspicuous links. If you want to protect your company's environment, team up with FastHelp. FastHelp is a Brasilia-based IT company that is focused on cybersecurity. Go to fasthelp.com.br for more information. fasthelp.com.br More than just a company, Petrobras is part of Brazil's identity. It was founded nearly 70 years ago following a nationalist campaign which proclaimed the oil is ours, in opposition to groups who were accused of wanting to simply hand over Brazil's national treasures to foreign groups. No dia 3 de outubro de 1953, o presidente Vargas sancionou a Lei 2004, criando o um monopólio estatal do petróleo e a Petrobras. Now Petrobras is Brazil's undisputed largest corporation, being featured on the Fortune 500 list for 23 straight years. In the late 90s, it went public with the government keeping 50.26% of its shares and its control. However, Petrobras' diverse profile of stakeholders has created a rift between the government, which calls the shots, and minority owners. One side considers the effects of the company's role in the government economic policies, while the other is simply more interested in the company's bottom line. While it remains publicly owned, Petrobras will always be used in one way or another to influence Brazil's macroeconomy. But that doesn't mean it should simply be sold off to private players. Petrobras currently holds a monopoly over Brazilian oil, and the last thing we want is to replace a state monopoly for a private one. And a private monopoly is not uh, desirable. To create more competition uh, in the market, uh, for instance, starting with uh, the refining process, uh, refineries, uh, which could be privatized, uh, Petrobras refineries, but not all of them to one company. Privatization process would have to make sure that there is a diversification of buyers uh, in, in order to make sure there is competition. Then I think that's a completely viable process uh, in the refinery business, But again, not to sell the company, 
the government's a monopoly. They could be to sell parts to several parts to make sure that there is true competition. Gradually, uh, privatization could be taking place in larger and larger parts of the of the, 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 the business. A private monopoly or or private entrepreneurs without uh, proper public supervision, without public regulation, in order to assure the collective interests can be uh, as bad as uh, the, the current monopoly. More than discussing whether or not privatizations are good, it is important to set ground rules for turning public assets over to the private sector. That's after the break. Did you know that Brazil is the country with the second highest number of ransomware attacks in the world? That's when hackers try to steal your data and then ask for a ransom for their return. Perhaps the good people of FastHelp can help you avoid these unwelcome attacks. FastHelp is a Brasilia-based IT company that is focused on cybersecurity. Protect your business by teaming up with FastHelp. Go to fasthelp.com.br for more information on how to protect your company's virtual space. I don't want to reduce the discussion about uh, state is bad, private sector is good, because uh, private sector can be as bad as the state in doing business without the proper incentives and the proper regulation. In the 90s, when the federal government started to privatize public assets, it created regulatory agencies to oversee the sectors where the state would no longer play an active role. However, we can say that Brazil's regulatory agencies have failed in their role as watchdogs to preserve competition and set the standards for public services. Unlike state-owned companies, which must observe increasingly strict criteria when appointing their board of directors, there are no such rules for regulatory agencies. Board members only need a college degree and a quote-unquote outstanding reputation, which could easily be subjective. And let's be honest, the judgment of Brazilian congressmen is not above criticism. The last two decades, uh, the regulatory agencies are by design, uh, I don't know if by design, but they are captured by private interests. And the politicians, uh, they, they don't treat the regulatory agents as an independent branch. Sometimes they try to interfere. They, they assign their comrades to run those agencies. Uh, this has happened uh, in the past. Even in Fernando Henrique Cardoso's government, Lula's government, Dilma's government, Temer's. And Bolsonaro, so that's the culture for the politicians. One paramount example of how problems in regulation may lead to disasters is Vali, the world's largest iron ore producer. For years, the company benefited from a near criminal proximity to politicians to make sure its mines were subject to lax regulation. And the lack of oversight came back to haunt the country on January 25 when an iron ore dam collapsed in the town of Brumadinho, leaving 240 dead and 30 still disappeared. Mining companies are the ones who pay contractors for the environmental licensing process and also parts of the cost of inspecting the risk level of dams. 
So it's obvious that companies can do what they want and the state has a hard time controlling things. Valley was uh, favoring one uh, stakeholder, which was the shareholders, at expense of other stakeholders like the society, like the communities that surrounded their, their plants. And uh, this absence of good regulation uh, at the end of the day uh, goes back against the, the, the shareholder because the company loses value. So this can be a, a good example of uh, inadequate regulation. As Professor Sandro Cabral points out, this lack of regulation is a major deterrent to business. Because if you don't have regulatory stability, the rules of the game, the rules of the game are not clear. Investors, foreign investors, and we need foreign investors. They gonna demand uh, higher uh, return rates. So in order to compensate the regulatory risks, so the government or the politicians that runs the government, uh, sometimes they they create risks. And also, you have other institutions that also shapes the, those risks, like the judiciary, uh, district attorneys, uh, public ministry. Uh, all those uh, organizations uh, play some role in increasing the regulatory risks. If the perceived risks increase, investors tend to demand higher return rates to invest. And sometimes the project uh, the, is not able to accommodate those higher return rates. Privatization remains the topic of many debates in Brazil. In some cases, it would seem silly not to sell off certain companies to the private sector, while in others, the sheer size of Brazil can make handling the reins over to the private capital a very risk-moving deed. The tragedy of Brumadinho helps us put things in perspective. While it is valid to debate the merit of privatization, the crucial issue has to be establishing coherent and intelligent regulations, especially when human lives are on the line. This podcast was written and prepared by me, Gustavo Ribeiro. Maria Marta Bruno produces this show and Ewan Marshall edits the final script. If you like this podcast, rate us on any platform you may be listening to Explaining Brazil. It takes only one second, but it is really important for us. And the best way to support Explaining Brazil is to subscribe to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic company behind this podcast. Every day we have new content about Brazilian politics, finance, and society. We've also got exclusive newsletter services if you want to be briefed about what's going on in Brazil before starting your day. Subscribe now for a free trial and enjoy all of our content for seven days. And it's really free. You don't have to submit any credit card information whatsoever. Just go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at Brazilian Report. That's all for now. See you next week. Mm -hmm.